for sharing, Andre. That's loud. Nice. And this is so bright, I can barely see anybody. Well, it, so, it feels like pandemic days when I was preaching to, to nobody. But anyway, I feel, I feel a little inadequate to share this morning. I mean, as we've, as we've sang and we've heard testimonies, uh, it's really struck me that oh, there's so much hurt and pain in our world today. And we know for a fact that the peace that Jesus offers us is so much greater and so much bigger, but as people, we've probably only experienced parts of that. We're, we're kind of pointing to, to a bigger picture that we've only seen glimpses of. And so uh, as, as we talk about peace and lament this morning, I have something to offer, but also, wow, there's so much going on in our world today. This morning, as, as we've said uh, multiple times, and I just, just said our theme is peace and lament. And I think that most of us have an idea in our heads of what peace looks like, right? Uh, we picture tranquility, bliss, rest. We've had references to, to a number of wars in the world right now. There's war in Ukraine, in Africa, and we picture peace being the end of conflict in those places. It's a sense of things being the way that they should be. But what about lament? By my count, lament only has six letters, but I think a lot of us don't use this word in our daily conversations. I don't walk around saying, I lament this, I lament that. I am so lamented right now. Um, but according to the dictionary, lament is a feeling of grief or feeling of pain. In spirituality or in the faith, I often think that it refers to feeling distant or estranged from God because of something that has happened in our lives that we feel is wrong. So when we express lament, we feel bummed out, we feel disappointed, we feel hurt. And lament can look like a lot of different things. So I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Uh, why is Jesse wearing a white t-shirt that is marked up with all sorts of words and pictures? Good question. Uh, the short of it is uh, we played a game at youth the other week and I was the big loser. And as a result, I was asked by the youth to wear this shirt the next time that I preach. And I'm a man of my word and so I am doing that. And if you want more details, come find me after the service, and I would love to tell you about how you too can wear a shirt like this to preach <laughs> someday. The point of sharing that, though, is that something happened that I didn't want to happen, and I'm now living with the consequences. Lament. <laughs> I was talking with a, with a junior high guy the other week, and he was sharing that his favorite teacher was leaving, and he was going to be stuck with a teacher that he didn't like. He had... For the first two months of school, he had this teacher who just got him, who just understood him, who was invested, and now due to circumstances, he was gone. Things weren't the way that he thought they should be. Lament. I think in conversations with a number of us, I would, ima I would imagine that some of us are not where we thought that we would be at in our current stage of life. Or maybe we thought that by, by now we would have our dream job, or we would have a, a family, but as the new year approaches, we're no closer to where we thought that we would be, and we wonder, where's God? What happened to my plans? Lament. For some of us, as Andre's already mentioned, this might be the first Christmas without a beloved family member. This past year, we lost a parent, we lost a grandparent, a child, a spouse, and we're struggling to find a new sense of normal. Lament. I'll share personally, um, this holiday season brings excitement and anticipation for Kelsey and I. We're awaiting the birth of a child in early February, and we're, we're excited to be parents, but this holiday season also brings the, the memory and the pain of losing a child to miscarriage last year. 
over the holiday season. And so as we, we go through the joy and also the remembrance, it brings a reminder that life doesn't look quite like what we thought it was going to look like. Lament. When we experience lament, whether something large or something smaller, our understanding of the world can be shaken. We're no longer sure if we believe the things that we once believed, and we don't know if our experiences actually back up what we, what we think is true in our minds. We feel a bit of cognitive dissonance. And we're stuck in this place of grieving the loss of what was. We're figuring out where we are. And eventually we want to determine where we're headed. When we're in this space, maybe we come to church and we sing songs like, It is well with my soul. But inside, things don't really feel well in our soul. Or maybe we open up our Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and we read, In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And we say, I love God, but I don't see how things are working for my good. And in all of this, we want peace and we want healing. We want things to be the way that they used to be. In the book of Isaiah, which we read from a couple minutes ago, the Israelites also experienced lament. During Isaiah's time, Israel was broken up into two separate nations. Chris, you can uh, show the first slide. So there's the northern kingdom, Israel, and the southern kingdom, Judah. They were separate political entities, just like the U.S. and Canada. In the years leading up to Isaiah's composition, both of these nations on the screen had experienced an unprecedented period of peace and prosperity. But as many of us who have perhaps become jaded by life know, good things never last. A king in the neighboring country of Assyria rose to power with the vision of conquering as much of the known world as possible. The northern kingdom that we see up there was directly in the crosshairs of this war. And as a result, first it lost its money, and then it lost its land, and finally its people were taken away into exile. The southern kingdom, Judah, was temporarily able to avoid the same outcome, but eventually it was taken into exile by a different country after years of compromise and devastating war. This was a time of lament for the Israelite people. Losing your favorite teacher is tough. But imagine, Chris, you can show the next slide, being taken into exile by one of these guys. The Assyrians, uh, the guys with the helmets, they had a reputation for brutality. They were known in the, in the ancient world for piercing their captives' noses with rings and then leading them by the nose for hundreds of miles into enslavement. Not only was being defeated by these people difficult and painful for the Israelites, it raised a lot of questions about who God was and how the world worked. Can you imagine going through that? You might ask questions like, is God truly sovereign if a godless nation can trample over God's chosen people? Or, like, this looks like judgment. Is, is divine judgment the same thing as divine rejection? Is God done with us? What's our future look like? The questions could go on and on. Isaiah's writings here in chapter 11 offer a response to these questions. In short, Isaiah says two things. First, God's purposes are larger than one short-term defeat. And secondly, God's control of human destiny applies to everyone, including people who don't acknowledge him. But more importantly for our purposes today as we talk about peace, Isaiah 11 provides a picture of what peace looks like even in the middle of lament. It shows us that God wants to remake and transform Israel, and he wants to do that also for the entire world. 
So in Isaiah 11, it begins with the phrase, a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So here the stump of Jesse is a reference to the people of Israel. For those, uh, for those of you who are up on your biblical genealogies, Jesse, my namesake, is the father of David. And David was Israel's greatest king and the builder of the kingdom of Israel. The tree of Jesse would have been a reference to the ruling line of the kings, and it has now been chopped down. In the aftermath of the Assyrian invasion and destruction, the Israelites would have felt tremendous lament. They wanted their kingdom to be restored to what it once had been. But God's promise here isn't that the tree is going to be picked up from the ground and reattached to the stump. The promise is that a shoot, new life, will come out of the stump. God isn't making things the way that they were. God is starting something new out of the foundations of what used to be. God's doing a new thing. The new thing that God describes in Isaiah 11 is based on one specific person who's referred to as a branch. The Israelites would have known this person as the Messiah. We know this person today as Jesus Christ. And this person is anointed and chosen by God to change and transform the world. The new world that's described in Isaiah 11 happens as a direct result of the Messiah's actions. He's described as being wise and understanding, mighty and decisive, righteous and powerful. The world changes because of this one person. Coming into contact with this Messiah changes everything. Israel isn't given the promise of peace in exchange for what it does. It finds peace and hope through the Messiah. God's promise of peace through the Messiah comes through a creation that is completely reborn and renewed. When we're facing lament in our lives today, how often do we want God to make things the way that they were, right? We want that old job back. We want to rewind our lives back until we get to the moment where things went wrong, and then we want to start over and look for a different outcome. I can imagine the people of Israel in Isaiah 11 saying, all that we want is our king back. We want the old ways back that we had before the Assyrians came. But that's not God's promise here. Instead, Isaiah's picture of peace is a new world which looks completely different from anything that we've ever seen. We see wolves lying down of lambs. Who, who sees that today? I don't see that. I don't see either of those on a regular basis, but I can't imagine a wolf lying down of a lamb. Here we see lions eating straw instead of killing other creatures. I've never seen that at the zoo. They're always throwing like T-bone steaks and stuff to lions, not straw. And everyone is led by a child. I don't know if you look at our world today, but everyone's led by older people, not children. And in verse 9, we read that this entire new creation, all these things that God is renewing, happen because the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. As the world experiences the Messiah, things are radically changed and peace comes to earth. As we experience Jesus today, we find our peace. So I don't know where each of us are today. I don't know the areas in, in each person's life where we're looking for peace as we walk through lament, but I know two things. I know that all of us want peace in our lives, and I know that peace comes from Jesus. This Christmas season, if you feel that you're overwhelmed by lament, I want you to know that Jesus is with you on the journey. The promise of Scripture that we find is not necessarily that our problems and our pain and our suffering all go away because we know Jesus. But we are promised that even in our suffering, we're not abandoned and we are not alone. After all, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. 
God with us in the joy and God with us in the hardship. When we feel like our life's plans have been chopped down and there's nothing left, Jesus is there starting something new, causing a new shoot to grow up from the stump. Jesus goes with us on the journey. In the loss of a beloved job, Jesus brings us peace, but also points us to new possibilities and new opportunities. If we've had the unfortunate experience of losing a family member this year, Jesus goes with us in comfort. When we're ready, he opens, when we are ready, he opens our lives up to new opportunities and new connections. It's been almost a year uh, since Kelsey and I lost our child, and I would be lying to say that things are exactly the same as they were before. Going through grief and loss and trauma changes us forever. And I don't know that if I'm being truthful, if I can say that I'm at perfect peace with her loss, and I, I don't know if I can say that I've completely accepted it. Most days, I feel fine, but there's occasional days or moments that remind me of what could have been and what is instead. And yet, even in that uncertainty and that unrest, I can confidently declare that Jesus was with us in the journey, and Jesus has brought us new life and new opportunities. God doesn't take away our pain or our lament, and he doesn't magically make it go away, but God does redeem our pain, and God does bring new life out of the places where we've been broken. Because of our experience, personally, I'm now more attuned to the pain and suffering that other people face when they lose a child. Because of our experience, I can honestly say that I felt God's comfort and presence in ways that I had never felt before in my life. And I think that's the peace that we find in our lament. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus goes on the journey with us, and Jesus redeems our pain. Let's pray. God, we, we come here today as a body of believers clinging to your promise that Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel, that, that through Jesus we know that we have a God who's with us in the highs and in the lows, and no matter what we experience as people, we are not alone, we are not abandoned, and you want to do a new thing even when we can't see it. And so I just pray for all of our pain and the areas of lament that we might have this, this Christmas season, that we could experience your presence. And that as we experience your presence, that we can be transformed and comforted and that you can reveal to us in your timing the new places and the new opportunities and the new growth that you have from us, even when it feels like our dreams and our plans have failed. We thank you that you are the giver of our peace, that you're the Prince of Peace, that you're the King of Peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Fort Gary MB Church. We hope that what you heard challenged you to think in new ways about Jesus Christ and the life that we are called to through his death and resurrection. If you have any questions about who we are as a church, our mission, or have any other questions in general, please do not hesitate to contact our office email at info at fgmb.ca. Be blessed.